Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo liberties here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bravo Papers Breaking News. All right, we've got a few things to talk about for today, Monday, June the 19th. And I'm going to start by jumping right in. Actually, first, I just want to apologize for uh, releasing this one a bit late. I know usually I have my breaking news ones out on Monday morning, but my God, June has just been a month. Um, lots of stuff. I've had personal things. I've been sick. My daughter's been sick more than once. Just, you know, I could go on, but I won't bore you with that. Let's get into Bravo stuff. But needless to say, I'm behind. Um, and just a quick reminder, episode six of my podcast has been released, The People versus Lindsay Hubbard. That episode is a deep dive analysis into what is going on on Summer House. Why is the cast so divided? Why does everybody seemingly who, you know, many who were good friends with Lindsay seemingly hate everything she does? And why is everyone so bothered by her and Carl's relationship? I think the answer to these answers to these questions are more complex than you might think and lie beneath the surface more than we think as well. So part one is up now. I split it into two parts because it's a longer analysis. And I know, you know, some people don't like the episodes to be super long and I didn't want to have to release another three hour one. So, <laughs> so part one is about two hours, which I think is a good max for a podcast. Um, and then next week's will probably be, or sorry, the next part, part two, will be no more than an hour, hour and a half at the absolute max. So check that out. Uh, let me know what you think. And let's get into the news for today. So Monday, June 19th, as I said, and we're going to start right away with Croy and Kim and the infamous divorce. So Croy claims that in a new news release that his kids need protection from Kim. He says she is abusive, wants the court to provide them with a legal guardian, I guess, instead of her, and says that Kim verbally abuses him even with the children present um, basically that she has no regard for if they're around and they hear things he wants her behavior investigated immediately he also says she's too distracted to take care of the kids um, seemingly by online gambling sites and he even claims that she lets the kids use the gambling sites which I mean obviously that's pretty bad if she does that um, but basically he's saying like she will log into her account I guess and then let them play so I mean both of them at this point are seeking full physical custody of the children you know obviously she's their mother so 
you know, unless she's showing some kind of abuse or something like that, it's unlikely that he'll be able to take them away from her. But, you know, she, on the other hand, maintains that he's the problem, that he's a narcissist, that he's this, that, the other. Um, And we did see now this was interesting because Father's Day just passed on Sunday and Kim's daughters like these are her oldest daughters that are not even Croy's biological children. They actually posted like a Father's Day Instagram post, you know, like saying he's a great dad and that they love him. So I don't know. I mean, this keeps unraveling and it is messy. It's it's exactly what I would expect from a Kim Zolciak divorce. It's very on brand. I'll give her that. Um, and, you know, maybe she is going to come back to the show and tell us more about it. But things keep getting released every week. So we will keep our eye on that. Now, on the topic of Real Housewives of Atlanta or former Real Housewives of Atlanta, let's talk about Nini because... If you are an Atlanta fan, and even if you're not and you just know the show, you know that Nene is a star, a legend, all that stuff when it comes to Atlanta. Now, they did a flashback, not yesterday's episode, but the Sunday before. So they did a flashback because they were trying to pull some receipts to show that Candy has been supportive of Marlo. Anyways, in the flashback, they use like a little intro from Real Housewives of Atlanta and they cropped Nene out so you know those title cards where they'll have like a picture of the whole cast it was like that but they literally like erased her with photoshop so there's just like a blank like a blank space where she would have been of course fans notice everybody was upset it was you know I was doing my twitter roundup for Atlanta uh that weekend and like a lot of the tweets were about that. So people were not happy, which I get it. I mean, like, you know, Bravo still makes reference to Nini quotes and sayings and things, you know, iconic moments from her because God knows there are so many. Like there is literally a Nini meme or gif for every single situation and they're the best. So and Bravo uses them. Now, she, you know, posts on Instagram, basically like, you know, thank you to all the people on Twitter who brought my attention to this and that, you know, it's for lack of a better summary, because I don't have the tweet right in front of me, but she does say how disappointing it is, you know, to be kind of, she's like, if only you knew the half of it, like something along those lines. So obviously, you know, Nini noticed this as well. I don't, necessarily think she was watching the show, but people brought it to her attention. Okay. Now, a lot of people online are arguing that this could be because of the lawsuit that Nini had against Bravo. Okay. So we all know that she had a lawsuit against them for, you know, discriminatory behavior, for racism in the workplace, things like that. Um, So people think that maybe, you know, she told them they couldn't use her face or her likeness anymore. But I mean, that doesn't really make sense to me. Because listen, Bravo and NBC Universal, who owns Bravo, this is a huge company. 
Okay, like this is a huge corporate conglomerate with shareholders, etc. Like it, they there is no way that Nini would be able to stop them. It doesn't matter how big Nini is in terms of housewives. There's no way she would be able to stop them from using their footage. I mean, she owns that. So not she. Bravo owns that footage. They own. All of that. Anything filmed by them, the audio, all that is theirs. It doesn't matter that it's her saying it. She has signed contracts, and trust me, those contracts are going to be ironclad by NBC Universal uh, lawyers. They own it. Okay. And either way, the lawsuit that she did have against them, it ended four months after it was filed. Like, she actually dismissed it, so I don't think that there was even any, there was no resolve. It's not like she got anything out of it. So I actually think that them editing her out was just petty. Like, I really think that they just kind of hate her now or dislike her, and they're just doing it, you know, it's personal. Like, they're doing it to get back at her and to annoy her. I really think that's it. So as messed up as that is, I think that that is the reason. I do not think it's because they fear some sort of lawsuit or something like that. That just that doesn't make any sense. Um, Anyways, in my opinion. Okay, so and another note about Nini, her and her long her I think they've been dating for is it either a year or two years, but either way, she's broken up with her recent boyfriend and has posted on her Instagram story about narcissists. So she made a couple posts, basically, you know, it was like those posts where you know they're who they're talking about, even though they don't say, um, but kind of claiming that he was a narcissist. All right, so that relationship's over, in case you were wondering. All right, now let's talk a little bit about... I don't have a lot of thoughts on that, sorry, by the way, because I don't really know a lot about him, And she seemed like she was happy and all that. And I know, you know, some people thought that she stole him from his ex, if I remember correctly. But again, I don't really know a lot about the situation. Um, But we shall see. We can be kind of on the lookout for who is going to be Nini's newest love interest going forward. All right. So let's talk about Ultimate Girls Trip. Um, Because our... Legacy Roni ladies have begun filming in St. Bart's. They posted like a fun TikTok of all of them dancing, just kind of like reminiscent of when we saw what we've seen in the other Ultimate Girls Trip seasons when they'll tease us with a TikTok. Um, And it was, you know, it was very Roni. They all kind of danced in a way that reflected their personalities and characters. And it also has been released that they are getting paid $250,000 for a week of filming, TMZ uh, reported, which is pretty wild. So I don't know. I mean, I know we kind of said or people sort of thought that, you know, maybe Jill Zarin was asking too much to come back to Legacy. Maybe Jill Zarin is what was holding everything up. I mean, if this is what they're paying them, you know, maybe that is true, right? Like maybe it was just maybe Bravo had or Peacock had a limit of what they were willing to spend, right? I mean, and this and maybe they felt like, listen, we're 
paying pretty good for this. So what's the holdup? Right. And maybe Jill kind of thought, you know, if you really want this legacy thing to happen, I want to be paid, you know, whatever she thought she was worth. And maybe they just weren't willing to pay that because if it's costing them 250K per cast member for a week of filming. Right. Imagine what everyone was wanting to film a regular season. I'm still upset that we're not getting Roni legacy, but what are you going to do? We can't uh, we can't cry over spilled milk, especially the milk that Andy spilled since he's the one who had this idea before he'd even spoken to the ladies. So anyways, we'll forgive him for that one, I guess. Okay, so let's talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, There's there's a lot of weird stuff happening with New Jersey, but I just want to talk about a few things from the reunion finale. I did not enjoy it because nothing got resolved and there was just accusations being thrown out left, right, and center. Now, unlike maybe popular opinion, I don't think that Louis is like the only evil one and I don't see him as like the devil and the cause of every problem. I think he's a problem and I definitely think he's part of the problem and I definitely think he most likely hired allegedly, whatever, hired a PI to look into people. Do I think that he did that as a reactionary method, you know, to kind of get back at Marge? Yeah, I do. That doesn't make it right, but I still think that's part of it. Do I think that Marge speaks to and pays bloggers and digs up dirt and pays for dirt as well, except maybe not with a private investigator. She just does it in a different way. Yes, I also think that. And I think a lot of people on that stage are guilty of doing this, of doing kind of investigating, digging up dirt. I think Jen's done it. Teresa's done it. Melissa. I really think they've a lot. Most of them, the vast majority have done it. Um, I even think probably Dolores has done it. I think she just doesn't use it. But I think Dolores is the type that if she I don't think she goes out and digs for it. But I think if she heard something, you know, she might like tell one of her closer friends or something. I don't think she'd bring it up on the show. Anyways, so there was a lot of like, you said this, you called this person, you did that. Now, the one thing that kind of stood out to viewers was and has caused a lot of division amongst the audience. Like, well, I guess everything causes division with New Jersey. But one thing is about John Fuda. So John Fuda claimed that Louie is the one who contacted his son's birth mother and, you know, he's the reason, Louis the reason that the birth mom spoke out. Now, a lot of people are sort of side-eyeing this because they're like, well, you know, your wife brought it onto the show as a storyline, the whole adoption process, and your wife mentioned her. Like, your wife mentioned that she's had issues with drugs or whatever. So what do you expect if you bring that up and you say things about her personal life and her situation with her son, who she no longer, you know, is in contact with, then yeah, she's probably going to react and she's probably going to say something. It's as it's pretty easy for her to send a quote to any news outlet to, you know, page six or whoever it, you know, you don't need an investigator to do that. Now, John had something about like, 
you know, you not anyone can just contact someone in jail, etc. You know, so he was kind of trying to back it up with that. But she came on or she did or gave a quote, I guess, to a media outlet basically saying that she watched the reunion and she was shocked that John would allege this about Louie and that Louis did not contact her and that if he did, she would have given him an earful. Okay, that was basically her quote. Um, and she also said that she couldn't believe what she was hearing, like it was laughable, basically. So she says it's not. Now, it's not true. So now we don't know her. We don't yeah, we don't know her at all. So we have to take everything with a grain of salt. But we also don't know John Fuda at all. <laughs> and you know, this is one of those situations where it's like we're dealing with three untrustworthy people. Like, I get a vibe from Fuda, the same kind of vibe that I think a lot of people get from Louis. I also get from Fuda. He immediately after the reunion, he's like posting himself on Cameo so you can buy Cameos from him. You know, he went and got like his like liposuction and I'm not judging anyone for doing plastic surgery. I don't care. It's just like he's doing he's doing more of the second season glow up than his own wife is like he seems pretty into the fame. He's also like responding to accounts and like, you know, like clapping back a lot. And he's doing a lot for a first season husband, like a lot. Anyways, so. That whole thing is a little suspicious, and I think it's something to we'll keep our eye on, okay? Because there's other things kind of coming out online about, you know, people finding out that he might have, like, a record and that he allegedly have a record and allegedly changed his last name to so people couldn't find his record and all this stuff. So there is shady stuff, but again, right now it's just kind of rumors and just people talking on social media. So we'll wait. We'll wait and see what happens. Um, now, so let's talk a little bit about Vanderpump Rules, everyone's favorite <laughs> topic. So as you all know from the finale of the Vanderpump Rules reunion, Tom Sandoval had made that disgusting t-shirt comment about Ariana saying, you know, oh, it was really hot. She kept her t-shirt on or whatever. He's gotten so much hate for that rightly so. Um, he was interviewed by TMZ, as per usual. And again, I'm suspicious about whether it was a setup or not. But anyways, he's very rude to the cameraman who asked some questions. So I don't know, it's questionable. But anyways, so he's kind of like getting into his car and getting ready. And the interviewer asks him, basically, a few questions about things going on. Now, the first one, though, is about Schwartz on Stars on Mars. So Schwartz is on the show Stars on Mars. And in the show, he talks about Scandaval. And he he basically says that he's taking kind of like a break from the Scandaval, the whole scandal. He wants to step away from it, etc. That was how I interpreted it. Then all of a sudden I saw a bunch of headlines floating around saying like Tom Schwartz says he's permanently done with Tom Sandoval. He, to be fair, he doesn't actually say that. He says he's permanently done with Scandoval. However, he does say 
that he's taking a break, not a permanent break, but a break from Tom Sandoval as well. Like that was what he said on Britney and Jax's podcast. Okay, so, you know, lines are getting crossed, but we have to, you know, take exactly what he said from Stars on Mars. He did not say he's taking a permanent break from Sandoval. And I'm kind of glad he didn't say that because then we would know that he is just a habitual liar even more so. Because there is no way that Tom would ever permanently break it off with Tom Sandoval. I just don't believe that. He's too wrapped up in him business-wise, relationship-wise, and they just have this, like, victim, you know, user mentality or codependency, and I, maybe they'll break out of it one day, but I don't know if they will, and I don't, you know, I don't know if it's even better for the show, because let's be honest, someone has to film with Sandoval, <laughs> okay? Somebody has to film with him, um, besides Raquel. So if he doesn't have Tom Schwartz, then what's he going to do? Okay, so that was one thing. The other thing was the interviewer asked him, well, what about the t-shirt comment? People are mad about that. And he says, well, you know, it was interpreted wrong. And uh, the interviewer was like, you mean it was taken out of context? And he said, no, it wasn't taken out of context, but it was mis... Basically, it was the wrong context. I don't know. That's basically what he says, whatever that means. But what he means because he clarifies, is. He says, okay, what I mean is that she was unenthusiastic. So I guess what he's trying to, or how he's trying to spin it, is that I didn't mean that it's, you know, it's not hot that she wore just a t-shirt. What I meant was that I could tell that she wasn't really that into having sex with me, is basically what he was saying. So... I guess that's supposed to make it better from Sandoval's point of view. <laughs> I don't really think that makes it better at all. Um, we all have our moments, especially women, where, and men too, actually, when you're just not in the mood and it's not what you're looking for but sometimes you're just like yeah okay whatever it's like going to the gym you know once I get there I'll get into it whatever so <laughs> I really think that that was maybe that was what was happening but either way it doesn't matter that's not up for him to share he shouldn't be sharing that right the fact that she was trying to you know recreate that intimacy to get back to a good place that's a process and when a relationship is broken and you're trying to fix it, it's not just going to happen after one time. It's going to take time to rebuild. But, you know, I understand that Sandoval, his brain doesn't understand nuance. So whatever. So to him, I guess he's justified it. He gets pretty mad at the interviewer, too. Like, he's like, it's been clarified many times that, you know, Schwartz didn't say Sandoval. He said Scandoval. That's already been proven like four or five times, like in relation to the Schwartz thing. Like he seems very irritable. Um, okay, so on the Secrets Revealed episode on the same topic of Vanderpump, um, if you remember in the Secrets Revealed episode, there's this part where, well, I'm sure you haven't forgotten if you watched it because it was infuriating, but there's this part where Raquel and Charlie go over to Ariana and Tom's house and they start, you know, telling them about the trip to Lake Havasu, all that stuff. Anyways, so 
while they're talking about it, Charlie kind of shades Lala and is like, oh, she's just bitter because, you know, she's, you know, she got divorced and the guy that she was with turned out to be a loser and she didn't get a house or a lot of money out of it, like something like that. And she's like, she needs to just take the L. And of course, Sandoval like thinks this is so funny. Anyways, which I mean, I'm not like anti Charlie. I actually like Charlie. I think she's a good reality TV character. I don't know if the show is maybe the best place for her because from the interview I listened to, I listened to an interview with her with Nick uh, Vile on his podcast. And I don't know. She just, she sounds like she's going through a hard time. She's emotionally, mentally fragile. I don't know if this is the best place for her while she's going through that. But either way, I just didn't like it. Like, I didn't like that take the L. Like, she, you know, she had a child with this man. And, you know, whatever you think of it, like, getting a divorce or breaking up in the way that she did and, you know, going through that, it's not like taking an L, right? It's so much more than that. Like, that's her child's father. So, I don't know. I felt like that was insensitive. But anyways... Lala responded, though, because now this is the secrets revealed, right? And Charlie was sticking up for Raquel. So, you know, Lala gets to have her little told you so moment. And she put on her Instagram story. Um, she says, I didn't take the L. She says the scene didn't age well. And in actuality, she took the win because she was right about Raquel. And these girls are, you know, sitting there laughing to Ariana's face when, you know, Raquel had just slept with him the night before. So there you go. There's Lala's got you, gotcha moment. <laughs> so, I mean, she does have a point. She took the win in the sense that she was right about Raquel and Sandoval. Um, I mean, the rest of it, I guess, is a matter of opinion. But, you know, I'm glad the season's over. It's been a lot. It's very up and down. And, you know, we're all like on 10 adrenaline wise before a new episode comes out and then everyone kind of crashes and then the adrenaline goes back up. So it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a break. I feel like we all need like two weeks to just sleep and reset, but it's good. It's over. However, there's going to be news. There's going to be stuff coming out every week. It's not going away. They're going to be filming. Once filming starts, like I said on my last news episode, I'm sure we're going to have some wild stuff a coming. Okay. So last on the list today is an update on Tom Girardi, our, you know, famous and most infamous, I guess, um, disgraced lawyer. So Tom Girardi, Erica Jane's ex, in case you have been living under a rock, it was found competent to stand trial despite Alzheimer's. So it has been said, I guess he's been evaluated and it's been said that he has Alzheimer's and he's been now evaluated by, I guess it's like court. I don't know if it's court appointed um, doctors or whatever, but they have said that he is competent to stand trial. This is a really big deal because, you know, he's accused of scamming clients out of like something like you know 80 million dollars like some insane amount like that I believe it was 80 million right and we all know what happened so him being able to you know the reason a lot of people think that he 
quote unquote pulled the Alzheimer's card because that's a lot of people who don't even believe he has it. Okay. I think people who believe he doesn't have it feel that he's using it in order to avoid standing trial, right? I'm sure you remember when all this came out, there was that talk of like, oh, the timing is so convenient. I mean, yeah, it kind of was convenient. The divorce was convenient, even though they didn't really get divorced, but the separation, the, you know, him needing a, um, what's it called? The thing that Britney Spears had conservator, like all that stuff, right? So the fact that he's competent, I mean, I'll be very interested to keep up with that and kind of see what he says in court. Now, the federal prosecutors have a high success rate. And I mean, they're going after this guy. So now I'll also be interested. I guess they are finding still that Erica Jane does not need to stand trial. But I don't know, maybe I wonder if Tom Girardi being competent will have any sort of effect on that. Maybe legal people out there know more. But anyways, if you're into the legal aspect, um, there are definitely some good legal Bravo podcasts like um, the Bravo Docket that do a great job of breaking down like the legalities of cases like this. If you are into that, check it out. Um, there you go. Free shout out. Okay, so I think that is just about it for this week's Bravo Breaking News. There wasn't like a as much stuff this week as there usually is. But there is, you know, my other podcast episode on Summer House. So please check that out. Please, please, please. The other thing is if you could please rate, review and subscribe, it would help me so much. Um, Again, I'm trying to grow the podcast, get it out there. Please share it. While you're listening, take a screenshot of your Instagram story share it on your, uh, I'm sorry, of your screen, listening to my podcast, share it on your Instagram story, tag me at Bravo and Botox and at the Bravo papers or one or the other. And I will share it to my story and give you all the love. If you're on Spotify, you can just give it like a little five stars. If you're on Apple podcasts, you can write a nice review and give it five stars. Um, and if you don't like it, then just, you know, send me an email and let me know why. And please don't leave a review. (laughs) Tell me via email and I will try to improve based on your constructive criticism. Thank you. Okay. So until next week, you are now in the know for everything Bravo. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers, or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox for some much needed caffeine support. And until next time, Keep overanalyzing Bravo.